When we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Amen? Amen. All right, let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, thank you for being with us. Thank you for showing us who you are in the person of your Son. Thank you that your stance toward us is always mercy. God, let us believe that. Let us believe that. As in and through your Son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. What I really like about this morning's scriptures is that when we like really get into them, when we really read them, when we look at them, we see that they are all about a lack of success, a failure, really. Old Testament-wise, this is the third time that God has reaffirmed, restated the covenant made with Abraham. The first time, he called Abram out of Ur and told him he would make a covenant. The second time, God took Abraham out to look at the stars and told him that he would make a covenant with him, and in return, Abraham would have as many offspring as there were stars in the sky, and that he would forever be a blessing to the nations. This is the third time. In between this time and the time with the stars, we have the episode of Abraham's lack of trust in the covenant and promise of God, wherein he sires his son, Ishmael, with his wife's handmaiden, the enslaved Hagar, because of his lack of faith. Abraham failed. Honestly, he failed over and over and over again, and he would continue to fail. And to be perfectly clear, I get it. It's hard to believe that the God of the universe would make good on a promise to make you the headwaters of a nation when you are near the end of your life, and so is your wife, so there's simply no way any of this could be true. Of course, it's tough to believe that you'd have more children than there are stars in the sky when, as my Old Testament professor in seminary, Dr. Fentress Williams explained, God took Abraham out to see those stars in the daytime. There were no stars to see at that point, so he couldn't see the promise, so how could he believe the promise? How could he act like it was true when he struggled to see the truth of it? But here's the reality of that starless sky. The stars were still there, even though Abraham couldn't see them, even though there weren't stars to see when God made that promise reaffirm that covenant, the stars were still there. The promise, the sign of the promise, still stood. I think when we talk about covenant, we inevitably have to talk about faithfulness, right? It's part and parcel with all of the covenants that we make. Every marriage covenant is based on faithfulness. We have to understand that the covenant God made with Abraham and the covenant that God makes through his son, through the blood of his son, the sign of which we partake in every time we go to that table, is that it's all about the faithfulness of God, not about our faithfulness, not about our ability or rather inability to hold up our end of the bargain. We fail. We're humans. It's what we do. 
And that's not an excuse. We all have to try and do better every morning we wake up. Every time we confess our own frailty and weakness and sin and inability to do better on our own. But praise be to God, the living God, that loves us and gave himself up for us that our participation in the covenant, our stake in that covenant, it has everything to do with the life and death that God lived here on earth, on the love that our God has for us and the new life that our God graciously gives to us. I think one of the best things about Lent is this whole giving something up for Lent thing. Not really because I'm super good at spiritual disciplines. I am not. um, I'm bad at fasting and all that. I like it because it shows me my own weakness. It puts it right in front of me and I can't avoid it. If I'm totally honest, I have already failed at my Lenten discipline. If I'm more honest, I tell you that I didn't pick one until last week and I still have already failed (laughs) at it. And that's not it. Truly, this week alone, as little as I want to own this failure of mine, a good friend called me out for some legitimately culturally and racially hurtful assumptions I had. And he was right to do so, to call me to repentance. I've hurt people with my words and my actions and my assumptions. And in spite of my true honest, earnest desire to not do those things, my desire to be better, I will continue to do them until I'm made new. I am a failure. In complete honesty, I've already failed this morning. I had a busy and a stressful week, and that's just an excuse, I guess, but I didn't get around to writing the sermon until nine o'clock last night. And I could have written it earlier, I could have written a different sermon, maybe a better sermon. I had the time, I just didn't do it. I didn't, and so instead I end up preaching what's in front of me, failure. And how even our efforts to do better aren't really any better. I end up preaching about how the love and the faithfulness of God who died and got back up, the God who not even death hell, sin, and the grave could keep is the one who I follow because there is not a thing that God can't do. He does all things well. And for some reason, that God loves me. And for some reason, that God loves you, us, too. There's no reason for it. We can't be good enough to save our own lives. We can't be strong enough to save the lives of those that we love. We can't do enough good in the world to make ourselves worthy. But that's not what God is interested in, not even remotely. God loves us because God loves us. Because God loves us, because God loves us, over and over and over again, we are loved. Over and over and over again, we fail. And we will fail. And we will see the grace and the mercy of the living God. That's just what it is. So as counterintuitive and maybe dumb and easy as it sounds, I hope we fail. If we're honest, we know we will. If we're honest, we know that we have and we've never stopped. 
But I hope we fail, and we fail well, not making excuses for our failures, but owning them as they're ours, seeing them for what they are, and in so doing, we fail right into the hands of the living God who loves us, who tells us that when we give up our lives, when we lose our lives for the sake of his gospel, that's actually where we'll find our lives. What else is losing our lives for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ than failing well? What else is it than just being honest that we're no good at the things we claim to be good at? And we're no good at the stuff that we think is going to save us. What else is it than telling the truth about our own failures, painful though it may be, and telling the truth about the abiding and enduring, overwhelming, gale-force, never-ending love of the living God who died and rose for us. That's what it is. That's the covenant of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That only through our acceptance and admittance of our own inability and weakness do we find the only life worth living. The life that Jesus Christ somehow, some way purchased on that cross and the one he promised to us when he walked out of that tomb. So beloved church, fail. And fail knowing that you are eternally held by the God who has your name written on his hands and graven on his heart. There's nothing, nothing that any one of us could ever do to make God love us any less. And there's no failure that we could ever bring before the throne of God that would make God say, no, that's too much, or that's not enough, or any other qualifying statement, because that's not who God is. That's not what God is interested in. God is only interested in loving us and shaping our lives after the one we follow. This is the call of the Christian life, to fail. And yes, it's uncomfortable and scary and counterintuitive and maybe too easy, and any number of bad adjectives I didn't write down, because again, I wrote this at 9 p.m. <laughs> but that's the same reason that the writer of the letter to the Hebrews says, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Because it is indeed a fearful, terrifying thing to give it up and to fall into the hands of the living God who loves us. We fail and we fall, fearful though it is, into those hands, the hands of the God who made us as we are and loves us as we are and has no qualifiers about it. So fail, and fail well, because that's the only way we get to a life worth living. Amen. Amen.